0: Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Well, Merry Christmas everyone. Welcome to Community Christian Church. It's so good to have you here. As together we celebrate the single greatest event this world has ever known the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what Christmas is all about. It's the message or the good news of salvation, everything that we've been singing about and talking about this morning. But don't take my word for it. Please listen to what the angel of the Lord had to say the moment Jesus was born recorded in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 10. The angel said, Behold, look with wonder, look and keep looking, because I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a... A Savior who is Christ the Lord. The angels said, check it out. A Savior is born. And tell me again, what does a Savior do? Uh, a Savior saves. A painter paints. A teacher teaches. A Savior saves. And Jesus came to save us from our sins. Now, some 700 years before it happened, before that very first Christmas, God delivered a promise of hope to his people through the prophet Isaiah. And here's what Isaiah had to say. A lot, to, a lot of good things to say, but in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2, Isaiah said, through, the Lord said it through Isaiah, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light On those living in the land of deep or gross darkness, a light has dawned. This prophetic announcement, given hundreds of years before it took place, pointed to a brand new day. A time, God said, when the people who were living in the region of darkness and trouble and turmoil would experience a bright and shining light. And again, Jesus is that light The Bible tells us he's the light of the world. And the Apostle John said it this way, in him, in Jesus was life, and his life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. In other words, darkness and death and evil and pain could never stop, it could never prevent or overcome the light Jesus came to show us. And that illustration of spiritual darkness all around us and Jesus being born into the darkness or into the night is reflected in so many of the songs and Christmas carols that we love to sing this time of year. Let's start with a popular one. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, calm all is bright. It came upon a midnight clear, that glorious song of old. Said the night wind to the little lamb. Do you see what I see way up in the sky, little lamb? I mean, I could go on like this for a long time, but one more, uh, my personal favorite. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. See, oftentimes, the night or the midnight hour, it's a metaphor for suffering and for hopelessness and despair. And Jesus came bursting forth out of the night to deliver us from the spiritual darkness and to give us the light of life. That's Christmas. And we celebrate Christmas because of him, because of Jesus. Everything that we love about Christmas at this time of year. The lights, the music, the magic, the majesty of Christmas, it all begins and ends with his story. And that story has not changed. It's the exact same story spelled out in the Bible, in the scriptures. And it's the beginning of the most amazing story ever told So let's take just a few moments this morning and let's review a a portion of the story found in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their own town to register. Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. What time? At night. This is the only reference in the entire Bible of Jesus being born at night. Shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night is the reason why so many songs and stories are told that include the midnight uh, theme or the night element. All right, let's finish up here. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, to the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. That last verse one more time. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. All right, I've been preaching the gospel message full time for almost 40 years. In fact, next May, May of 2024, it will be 40 years. And as I've mentioned to you on several occasions now, it's going to be next year, probably the June time frame, that I'm going to pass the baton of church leadership to my son, Pastor Chris. And I want you to be excited about that. I want you to be happy about it. All of us, Pastor Therese, Pastor Chris, myself, we all feel this to be the timing of the Lord. And we are looking forward with great anticipation and expectation of what God has for us in the future, what he has for our church. And I want you to know, just because I'm stepping down from the senior pastor role, doesn't mean I'm going to stop preaching the gospel. My calling is like a marriage vow. Till death do us part. (laughs) And I... Firmly believe that I will go to my grave, at least try to, uh, exalting and preaching the name of Jesus. Now, over the past 40 years, as I have attempted to articulate this gospel message to the best of my ability, I have to be honest and tell you, there have been many people who have rejected it people that I have tried to get to make a a commitment to the Lord, to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus, and they just opted out. They said, no, thank you. And there's a long list of reasons of why that happens. Some people think that God's going to cramp their style or take away all their fun. Maybe some people were wounded at a church or they have some pain associated with their faith and they, they just can't surrender fully to the Lord. Other people, they think that they're doing good all by themselves, they don't even need God. So there's a lot of reasons why people don't make that full commitment to the Lord and these people that I'm talking about, for the most part, they're good people. It's not like they're greater or more creative sinners than all the rest of us. It's just that they need a little extra grace. And so when I try to spoon-feed them that grace and press them a little bit, you know, try to help God out, oftentimes they say to me, Preacher, back up a little bit. Ease up. And they say to me, I promise to make some changes and to believe what you're saying, and I promise to give God a try if if he shows me a sign. Come on, if God is God, if he's as amazing and wonderful as you say he is, if he's the kind of God that loves me with an everlasting love, he can throw me a little bone. He can show me something. I got to see something. And so if you just happen to be in that camp this morning, if that's how you think, I want to look again at the verse we just read in Luke chapter two. Luke chapter two and verse 12, the angel of the Lord said to the shepherds, this will be a sign to you. In other words, for all you skeptics out there, those of you who need some kind of proof, listen up, because here's your sign. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. In the time remaining this morning, I want to take a detailed look at that one verse. What the angel of the Lord said is a heavenly and divine sign from God. And here it is, here's the sign. Jesus was born in a manger. We've been singing about it all morning. Jesus was born in a manger, in an animal feeding trough. That's what a manger is. That's what a manger was used for. And the angel said to the shepherds with a a message like they had never heard before, you're going to find the baby, the, the Savior of the world, lying in a manger. Now, we know from the traditional Christmas story and the way that we set up our nativity scenes, that Mary was forced to have her baby in a stable, Because there was no room for them at the inn. That's what the scripture says. I sure hope you're not thinking like Comfort Inn or Holiday Inn. (laughs) From the scripture, it just has the appearance of being more like a traveler's lodge. And in those days, it was very common for people to travel with their animals. All of them. Remember, they didn't have cars. They, They didn't drive vehicles. So buildings and hotels and stores, they didn't need a parking lot or a parking structure of any kind. Instead, what they had was an area designated as a barn area or a stable area for the animals. And so the people would spend the night in their hotel room and then uh, the donkeys, the sheep, the goats and the camels and all the other animals, they would hang out together in the barn area. Now, when I think about that, do you know what I visualize a huge mess (laughs) clutter chaos and craziness that's what I see years ago and some of you know this I owned a horse a a real horse a horse that you ride on it was a beautiful quarter horse his name was Karis which means a gift from God At the time, I boarded the horse next door at the Springbrook Riding Stables. As you know and as you can see, they sold the property and turned it into a residential development. But when it was still the riding stables and my horse was there, most every day, I would walk over to the stables and I would go visit carrots. And it didn't matter what time I went, in the morning, afternoon, or late in the evening. Whenever I made my way there, Uh, That's when I discovered that the stable area was smelly and messy. And it didn't matter if they had just cleaned out the stall, if the groomer had just taken out all of the manure and put in fresh straw. How many know it doesn't take a horse long to dirty things up again? That's the case for most farm animals, it's messy. And Jesus was born in a disheveled environment just like that. But here's the beauty of it. It was intentional and by design. God did it on purpose, and he did it on purpose because how many of you know, oftentimes our lives can get pretty messy. And God wanted us to know that he loves us and he accepts us, even when we sin, when we miss the mark, and we totally shipwreck our lives. See, the scripture tells us he remembers how he formed us from the dust of the earth. He knows the propensity we have of screwing stuff up, especially our relationships and our friendships. That's why he called the manger a sign And he said, Jesus being born in a manger, in a stable, in a barn area, is proof of my love and my commitment to you. And so instead of calling in a reservation for Mary and Joseph, instead of securing a room in the penthouse suite, which God was very capable of doing, he had Jesus born in a barn, in the outside air, where he was accessible to everyone. And where he would fulfill the prophetic assignment and name that he was given, Emmanuel, which means God with us. Not God hidden away, a God that people don't know about, a God that was only for a select few or for the spiritually privileged. God with us. God for every single person on the planet. God wanted us to know he made Jesus accessible to every one of us. You know, as the story goes on, the Christmas story, we didn't read this part of it, but we're told that sometime after Jesus was born, we don't know exactly how how long, it could have been a couple months or maybe even a year or two, there were some magi or wise men that came from the east and the scripture says they were in search of a king, the newborn king. And after coming a long distance, maybe a 1,000 miles, we're told that the star that they were following, they lost sight of it right around the Jerusalem area. They, they, They stopped tracking the star. Do you remember what they did next? They made a beeline to Herod's palace. They knocked on Herod's door. Remember that in the story? Do you know why they did? Because that's where kings are usually born, in palaces. They're born in obscurity. They're born protected from the outside world, but not our king, the king of kings and the lord of lords. He was born and his birth was designated in such a way that he would be approachable to us and available to every one of us. It was like that on the day that he was born, and it was like that all through his earthly ministry. And when blind Bartimaeus cried out for healing and they told him to be quiet and stop his begging, and when the disciples appealed to the parents to keep their undisciplined children away from Jesus, and when the religious leaders cried out and picked up stones to throw at the despised lepers it was Jesus who overruled their qualifications and their restrictions and their security measures because Jesus made himself available to each and every one of us and nothing has changed Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 says even today we can approach his throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. We can still go to Jesus ourselves today. And that promise alone should bring a great amount of hope to every one of us. In fact, the Christmas story adds new meaning to this little word that we call hope. And again, included in the lyrics of my favorite Christmas carol, O Holy Night, are these words. You know, sometimes we read them, we don't listen to them. We sing them, we don't listen to them. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. On Christmas there was a renewed sense of hope, a thrill of hope, and there was such energy and expectation and endless possibilities among the people. The promise of God's salvation had finally come and the world would never be the same. And it all started on that very first Christmas with a little baby Lying on a bed of straw in a manger, and that baby became our sign of hope. The angel said so. Now, we're going to bring our service to a close in just a moment. We're going to close out the service in song, but before we do, I'd like to tell you one final story. This particular story has been referred to as a shepherd's legend. And by that, I mean, we don't know if the story's true or not. It could be true, but then again, it could be a myth. Anyway, 25 years after Jesus was born, the shepherds came together for a reunion. The shepherds had a reunion. The shepherds who were there, keeping watch over their flocks, those who experienced the silent night, the holy night, they witnessed the angel of the Lord light up the midnight sky and proclaim a message of the ages. They all got together and they rehearsed the events that took place on that occasion, and every one of those shepherds, one by one, they told the story in their own words. And with great enthusiasm and energy, they relived the moment of 25 years earlier when all of that happened. And they were very detailed in telling the story. They didn't leave one angelic stone unturned. Well, a short time after the, the shepherds were finished reminiscing, a little six year old boy ran up to his grandfather, grabbed him around the leg, and said, Grandpa, is it true? Did it really happen 25 years ago before I was born? Did you really meet Jesus? Did you experience Jesus on that morning? What was it like, Grandpa? What did you say? What did you do? Tell me all about it. And at first, Grandpa Shepherd he was very quiet. And then he turned to walk away. But the little boy pressed him. And finally, he hung his head. He said, I'm sorry, son. I wasn't there that night. I didn't go with all the other shepherds. I stayed back. Somebody had to watch the sheep. Somebody had to take care of business. And so I'm sorry, I can't answer those questions for you. I don't know what it was like to meet Jesus because I wasn't there. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being in that situation? and missing out on that moment. I mean, you're just there doing the things that you've been doing for months and maybe for years, taking care of the sheep, and all of a sudden you see an angel and you listen to this angel declare a message of hope and salvation and you refuse to respond. And because of your refusal to respond, you miss out on the greatest event in human history? Friend, myth or not, legend or not, those kinds of things happened back then. And they happen each and every Christmas today. People just opt out. The story's told, the message is shared, the invitation is given, but people say no. I don't think I'm going to make that trip. I'm going to stay back. Luke 2.12, one more time. This will be a sign. You'll find a baby lying in a manger. Let's pray. Again, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to close out our service with a couple of songs. We're going to sing "Oh Holy Night and then Silent Night, you're even going to get to hold a lighted candle. You probably have it in your hand right now. But just before we sing those songs together, I'm wondering, as your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, how many of you have yet to make the trip to Bethlehem? And you know what I mean by that. I'm not talking about a physical trip. You know the Christmas story. You love what the scripture has to say. You get great joy out of reading it from year to year. In fact, you always make a special time for Christmas. Maybe you get to a church service or you participate in one. But you have yet to make a full commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, I can't say it any better than the angel did. The angel says, Behold, I bring you great news of joy that will be for all people. You're in that group. You're a part of that group that Jesus came for. And He's reaching out to you, to every single one of us, and saying, I want you to trust me. I I want you to believe in who I am and the love and commitment I have for you. You know, this world's going to disappoint you, but you know, God is faithful. God is faithful. And he kept the covenant that he made with Abraham and down through the generations. And he renewed that covenant through his son Jesus and he did it all for us. As Pastor Dave mentioned earlier, we're all part of the story, every single one of us. And so if you're here this morning, if you're listening to me and you want a personal relationship with Jesus, you don't feel like you have one right now, Or maybe you want to rededicate your life to God because you know you're not in the place you should be. Could I get you to just slip up your hands for a moment? Just slip up your hand. Appreciate all your hands. You can put them back down. Friend, don't let anything hold you back. Don't be like the shepherd in that last story. I appeal to you as your friend. Surrender whatever is holding you back to God. Surrender those hurts, surrender your pain, the questions you might have. Surrender the lack of faith and your desire to do life your way and take advantage of this message of the ages. Let's all stand. I'd like us to pray a little prayer together. I'll lead you in it. And for those of you who raised your hand or you're feeling this in your heart right now, I want you to know that the miracle of salvation that's taking place right now is the greatest miracle that God has ever given to us. It's the date, the time, when you know that Jesus became your Lord and your Savior. Christmas 2023 for some of you today. Let's pray this prayer together. Repeat after me. Dear God, I give you my life. I know I am a sinner, a sinner you came to save. And I admit at times I've made a mess of things, but you came to earth to give me hope. Father, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart, Jesus went to the cross and died for my sins. For my sins. I turn from my sins and I turn to Jesus as my Savior. Father, help me to live for you. All right, let me just pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of sharing your presence here today. Lord, thank you for honoring us with your presence. Thank you for drawing everyone here, those who are Participating online, those who will be listening after the fact. Lord, thank you for allowing us to sense the same thing that all the people associated with this story years ago sense, Lord. That the world would be different. That there was a message of hope. That, Lord, there's expectation for the future that we didn't know we had. But because you're such a loving and caring God. You give us that hope. Lord, I, I thank you for those who raised their hands and maybe some who were here and feel, are feeling, Lord, like they wish they would respond. responded. I pray, Father, that you would make the, it known to them right now that they have received that great miracle that I talked about a moment ago, the miracle of salvation. We pray, Lord God, for your blessing upon every family represented here. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.